I'm Dr. Amanda Kellogg, Assistant Professor of English at Radford University, and this is the Radford Writer's Desk, a podcast featuring Radford faculty and graduate students reading from their creative works. Hello, I'm Lou Gallo, Professor at Radford University, teach contemporary lit, modern lit, and contemporary poetry, and actually everything else throughout the years. I was born and raised in New Orleans. I hadn't read a book till I was 18 years old. My father was a master woodworker, and I worked in his shop much of my life and had no idea there was anything other than that. And then I went to Tulane, and everything changed, and so here I am. Been in school ever since. Okay, I'm going to hopefully read a number of poems. I just yesterday received news that I have an 18 page spread in the British magazine Litro on a series of prose poems I did for or about a car crash I was in roughly a year ago. The whole work is crash, a sequence of variations. The first poem is Impact. It has an epigraph from Randall Jarrell's 90 North. Nothing comes from nothing, the darkness from the darkness, Pain comes from the darkness, and we call it wisdom. It is pain. And here's the poem. She tells me it's good that I can't remember, but I want to remember. I want to peer into the eyes of the beast that almost killed me, though I, Lazarus, have tentatively returned. I yearn to confront the evil head-on, which in a way I did since it's knocked me out cold a sudden nothingness, ex nihilo, only to awaken flat on my back in an ambulance hurtling in strafing rain out of Hillsville to Galax, then the trauma ward at Wake Forest Baptist. They cut off my clothes with a scissors and knife, another degradation I don't recall. It's good, she insists, because I saw it all, and believe me, you're better off not seeing. I envy her. It's a kind of gnosis, an on-the-spot revelation. And I love her more because she did gaze into those eyes, because she grasps what I can only suffer after the fact, ignorantly, stupor of stupors, the bog of forgetting or never knowing or blind submission. Everything I do is autobiographical, and I, in fact, I think all poetry is autobiographical however much poets try to disguise it. This is called Signifying Monkey. It was published in a journal called Off Course Literary Journal from the University of Albany. Signifying Monkey. I thought if I could arrange the fabled brass tacks, hone in on the first firsts, the first sine qua non, the first everything, the ur-man or woman, the ur-event, the ur-whatever, scaling down to the last turtle, that ultimate reduction. I might simplify the, this otherwise chaos and disarray. I might glean some redemptive confectionary truth, some wishbone of both necessity and desire, could lay to rest the whiz, the clanging pinballs of tilt, 
could myself lie back on the waterbed atop a shape-shifting pillow, pluck a grape or two from the dewy bowl, catch a rerun of the umbrellas of Cherbourg, and proclaim a fundamental orgasmic ah. But no such singularity, no ding on seek, no primeval philosopher stone, egg, oval, or jelly bean. Only the usual razzmatazz, sirens blissing down the boulevards. Look, someone shot outside the Acme Oyster House. Look, cartoon safes falling from the sky. Look, entry corporealized as a dead locust on the portico where dined the viceroy and his beautiful concubine. Him with handlebar mustachios. Him a cornucopia of quarks, and she too, and yet... And yet, the quark's not invariant, rather an emergence out of them of something new, unimaginable, something not quarks at all, though I thought if I could reach those babies, I might sing for a while, forever, taste the creme de la creme, the soft boulder of cotton candy, the bread and the wine. Okay, I will elaborate on this later, but I consider myself, and a lot of other poets, archaeologists, digging into mysteries. So here's an archaeological poem, which is literal archaeology, about clearing your attic of previous debris. This, too, is a long poem of many parts, published in Xavier Review. This is part one. I'm up in the attic. I'm bringing down boxes of, I never throw anything away. I think probably I'm a hoarder, uh, but anyway, I wanted to get rid of some stuff, so here we go. Wrapped in layers of cloth and excavation, I, the eager archaeologist, two made-in-occupied Japan paper fans, beautiful when flared as a peacock's tail, so absurdly frail. How could they have survived all these jaw-toothed years? like the old flower in a crannied wall that despite all odds, despite grass and roundup, despite solid rock, suddenly blooms in spring. How account for the persistence of the stunning delicate in a world of threats and mayhem and brutality? Must we resort to luck, that exasperating quality or force? Who knows what luck is? I open the fan, pinch its spokes, color bleeds into the room as I fan myself, thinking of Hiroshima. Some of the themes I I write a lot about are time, nostalgia, spirituality, a lot of religious poems, and galactic and subatomic ultimates. That's why I read science. I want to know what goes on down in the quarks. I want to know what goes on beyond the edge of the universe. I'm trying to figure it all out, because, and I haven't yet. I've been trying to figure it out for all my life, but I, I never have. My job as a creative writer, teacher, is to encourage students, never, ever discourage students, however bad you might think their work, because at some point in the class, 
either at the beginning, middle, or end, they will have breakthroughs. And you can see it, you can feel it, and the secret of my classes is that they compete with each other. I don't do it, they do it for each other. I will say, wow, this is a great poem. Say someone turns in something that's really good, and they'll get the idea, hey, maybe I can do something like that too. In fact, I have a graduate class of poetry writing right now, some of the best poets ever in that class. I'm stunned every time I read their poems. And I have an honors class, same deal, uh, also poetry writing, and the regular uh, beginning poetry writing class. This is where the breakthroughs happen. Some of these people come in, they have never written a poem before. They don't even know what one is, but they find out. I'm not sure there's any wisdom in this at all. I think it's a matter of encouraging, coaxing, praising, never discouraging. Thank you for listening to the Radford Writer's Desk. For more information about our programs, our faculty, and our many opportunities for students interested in creative writing and graduate scholarship, please visit our website, www.radford.edu English.